Welcome to the Green Lines Abundant Living Podcast on the Charisma Podcast Network. This podcast is produced to help guide you to think and live in spiritual abundance. Now, let's join Dr. Steve Green as we seek to be led by the Holy Spirit so we might lead others according to God's purpose. Well, I remember a time in my life when I was on a quest to earn my first class rank in the Boy Scouts. I was really wanting to grow and, and get that badge. Well, that meant I had to earn a merit badge for courage. And the list of things I had to do, I remember it because it was cumbersome. It was, it was a long list. That's what it was. And I had to work through all those check marks and get sign-offs for doing things that were pretty courageous. I remember one of them was swimming a long way, and I'm not sure I did that real well. I'm not sure I displayed courage. So I guess I would say that I wasn't exactly a courageous 12-year-old, but I got through it, and I learned the hard way that we're just not born with courage. It's not someone that something that someone can say to you is just go be courageous. It takes a little practice. I think I learned my courage, if I have any, through fire and storms. That seems to be the way. I just wish I could have read a book on how to develop courage because I, I was big into self-help books, but I didn't see any books on how to have courage. I mean, I watched a good story about developing courage, but I just wanted to be courageous, and I think I still do today. I want to be thought of as somebody that's not meek and mild and uh, will fall back. I just didn't know how to develop it, and that's the problem with every merit badge. They don't come with an instruction manual. So, so many victories in life come through the school of figure it out. My guest today has written a literal handbook for living with courage in a world of intolerance and fear. And the goal of this book is to listen to this. His goal is to teach us how to develop courage. So, Pastor Mike Anthony, where were you when I was growing up? (laughs) Dr. Green, uh, it's a privilege to be on your program. Hello to your audience. And, um, I'm not sure where I was, but uh, it's great to be here with you, and hopefully we'll encourage the listening audience. Well, I love the book. I love the notion. And I know that your motive, your heart as a pastor, is to help all of us develop courageous humility. And that's a really good place to start our Mm -hmm. interview, is to compare those two words, courage and humility. How do they work together? Yeah, actually, on my own journey, I've spent a lot of time thinking about the kind of people that God has used consistently. You know, anybody can be a one-off where, yeah. um, you know, you do some particular thing and it's significant, but then that's it. It's not necessarily consistent. For me, I'm always looking at how can I consistently serve God and how can I consistently cooperate with God so that his momentum takes me forward, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that led me to a study, a character study on biblical characters and also people outside of the Bible who were consistent in their momentum and impacting culture. And uh, that's when I began to realize that there's a direct correlation between courage and humility. And that's why I developed that term, courageous humility or humble courage. Those two are inseparable from, from, from each other. They're inseparable. Yeah. I want you to explain that more because I know a lot of humble people that I, I wouldn't necessarily see a trait of courage on them. Help me understand mm-hmm. that. Well, you're never more humble than when you're courageous. Okay. And you're never more courageous than when you're humble. I think people often mistake humility for humiliation. Oh, and humiliation is when something happens to us that um, is demeaning, belittling. And 
then it's up to us to respond to it. Life is, I think, 90% of how we respond to the circumstances dealt to us. And so just because someone has a humiliating circumstance occur in their life does not mean that they're going to necessarily respond and grow to be more humble. The, the humility is a result of a choice in our own lives where we decide to take what's dealt to us and look for the, the nuggets of truth to become the best version of ourselves. I'm very big into that, that God's agenda in our lives is that we don't stay the same, that we should be yes. a different person today than last week, that we should be moving forward. So humility and courage, neither of them are things that we're born with. They both take intentionality to develop, mm-hmm. and they're really the traits of Christ-like maturity. That's the aim of the Holy Spirit, is that we'd be like Jesus, and there's nobody as humble or courageous as Jesus. That's true. That's a real good analogy. I just always have a picture of someone who has courage of willing to take on the lion, to jump in there, look at me being courageous. And that seems mm-hmm. to be the opposite of humility, where I want to do things to help you without you knowing about it. And I don't know that that's, uh, I, you know, I'm splitting hairs with you maybe. It's not worth it. But but the essence is that I've seen courageous guys that were very visible and wanted you to right. see them being courage, courageous. Yes, I think part of it is that when we are humble and we're exalting Christ, it's it's not really possible to not have some kind of a platform. Mm-hmm. So right. that's good. Some, yeah, it comes with the territory. But then the question is, what do we do with that platform? When people look at us and exalt us, do we cause them to look beyond us to the one who's really the embodiment of humility, which is which is Jesus? So you see that again and again in the Bible, people whom God raised up. Yeah, people who took a stand for God, and these are the heroes and the underdogs that we read about in the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation. Mm-hmm. All those the famous stories of, of Gideon and David right. and Abraham, etc., the apostles. So it's not possible, I think, to people I think have this wrong understanding that if I become well-known, that therefore I'm not humble. Well, Moses was the most humble man on the face of the earth. The book of Numbers says that. But people have said, well, how could he write that if he was humble? And that brings us to the whole understanding of truth is central to a humble life. So if God told Moses to write that, then who is Moses to limit God in what God wanted him to write? Humility is agreeing with God about the truth. Yeah. Well, you made it real clear to me as soon as you said you really can't help someone with courage unless they have a platform. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that is what, that's where you're going to be heard. And the kind of courage that I know you're going to speak about is the willingness to stand up for the right side to speak what's right and speak factually. And that definitely does require courage. Especially today, because reverse intolerance is all the rage these days. And what I mean by reverse intolerance is tolerance is all the buzz these days. It's the buzzword, right? It's politically correct. Right. Unless you're a person of faith. If you're a person of faith, then we don't want to be tolerant for you. Because tolerance taken to its natural conclusion is impossible. It mm-hmm. devours itself. Mm-hmm. You cannot be equally tolerant toward everybody and everything because that would require you to embrace views that would destroy any view or culture that's dear to you. Yeah. So tolerance is actually a, a um, antithetical concept. So 
that's the reason why I wrote A Call for Courage. That's the book that I wrote, A Call for Courage. I wrote it to help people understand that this pushback against people of faith, people who love the Bible, people who love the biblical Jesus, people who love Judeo-Christian values, mm-hmm. we're the ones being targeted today and being labeled, labeled as the haters. And that's completely intolerant. It's reverse intolerance to do that. What, what tolerance is, is political gobbledygook to justify intolerance toward people who do not embrace relativism and anything goes and everything that goes with the breakdown of moral absolutes. So I wrote a call for courage as a manual to show people how to stand up and speak out in what has become a sit down, shut up world for people of faith. Well, I want to make sure that our audience hears your book title again. And again, the author is Michael Anthony. I don't want you to miss this in case you happen to run away from this podcast to make sure you hear that the title of the book is A Call for Courage, Living with Power, Truth, and Love in an Age of Intolerance and Fear. And again, the mm-hmm. author is Michael Anthony. You can find it anywhere books are sold. Uh, you've got something interesting in your book. You call for a second revolution, and I really mm-hmm. want to hear more about that. Yeah, I think it's time for a second American revolution in our country. In fact, I think it's already underway, and it's not one that's being fought with conventional weaponry. I'm not advocating physical violence. I'm advocating the truth that the pen is mightier than the sword, mm-hmm. that that people need to learn how to speak the truth in love, stop waiting for the rapture as a divine bailout, and we need to be salt and light in what has become a very distasteful, dark society. And I think, unfortunately, many of the listener audience can identify with this, and I fall back on it myself, and I have to wake myself up. We think, oh, well, look how bad things are getting. It's just the way the Bible said it was going to happen. Jesus' return might be near. I want to remind everybody, as a pastor and a theologian as well, that the Apostle Paul believed that Jesus' return most likely was going to be in his day. He felt it was very near. He seems to be indicated by his writings. That's 2,000 years ago. We might be on the eve of Jesus' return. It might be quite a long time. As far as I'm concerned, it's irrelevant. I believe that Jesus is coming back. I believe that he'll come back in his timing when the Father wants him to come back, right on schedule. In the meantime... We need to be salt and light, and salt needs to come out of the salt shaker. We are supposed to not occupy until he returns, but to saturate and permeate every aspect of society. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, so that we are ready for the Lord's return, but not sitting with our hands in our pockets. We're supposed to be God's catalysts for change. That's That's, what it's about. That's good. I want to dig deeper into that thought, but I also know, you know, I've been buying planners for myself and others for a lot of my life. I I think Mm -hmm. this past January, I saw maybe 20 different Facebook ads for planners. And now I find out that you're about to release a motivational planner. And how will that help us build our courage? Yeah, well, I appreciate you asking. It's the Courageous Life Motivational Planner. And it goes along with the whole idea, Dr. Green, that I realized in my own life. Courage is not something anything and courage is not something anyone is born with. It's something that we develop, and you have to be intentional. So how many of us have gotten off to a good start, highly motivated? We make New Year's resolutions, for example, mm-hmm. and then 30, 60 days later, we're not following through. So what I did was I created 
a motivational planner and coupled it with the Courage Matters app, which is our free app, so that people can get um, inspirational, an inspirational one-minute, two-minute video throughout the course of the week, a little notification to a teaching uh, module to encourage them on what they can do to speak with power, truth, and love, to live with power, truth, and love, and to live and to set and to live your long-term goals so that you're focused on a legacy that is characterized by truth and love. I think when you have truth and love traveling together, that's when you have courageous humility. And so the whole planner is designed with inspirational quotes, inspirational information to help you think about the long-term legacy of your life, live it each and every day, and to live with courage and to develop that courage. So it's really a unique blend of the ancient in regard to the paper and the modern in regard to the app, the Courage Matters app, so that it's like having a personal motivational coach along with you 24-7. So super excited about the Courageous Life Motivational Planner. It's really unlike any other planner that has been created. So I want to ask another question and follow up to that. Tell me about the planner itself. What are the details? How does it compare to the average planner? Well, we wanted to provide something that would give you an entire year. A lot of the planners that are out there, you could spend $30, $40, $50, and they are for a quarter. You know, you have uh-huh. to get four of that course of the year. Right. The other thing that I don't want to do is I don't want to carry around a notebook with me wherever I go. I think that's, that's old school. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I created a planner that you look at through the course of each week where we help you develop a life purpose statement, a life mission, a vision statement, and five core values for your life. And it's all focused on your personal passion, your vision, the vision that God has for your life, your aptitude. And you're looking at your goals for the year, and then you break them down backwards to move forward, you plan in reverse. You look at your goals for the year, then you break them up into quarterly goals, meaning uh, three-month goals. Then you break it down into monthly goals and then weekly goals. So it's based on this idea of a seven-day revolution. I teach you how to live your life in seven-day increments so that each day takes its place as a tile, so to speak, in the mosaic of your life. And then we couple that with the inspirational information through the app, and our planner covers the entire year with about 40 educational, inspirational videos, teaching modules that are free. So all of that is included, coupled with the app, so that you're thinking deeply by sitting down each week and reconnecting with your life purpose statement, your life vision statement, your long-term goals, and then you're getting coached and motivated throughout the week for free Mm -hmm. to stay on track and to develop courage as your new way of life. Because I'll tell you what, I see believers all over the place. I see people all over the place who love and embrace uh, our Constitution, historic Judeo-Christian values, but they're afraid. And we will say what we believe in quiet circles while the radical left is running rampant and demonizing people of faith and people who have traditional Judeo-Christian values, and we don't know what to do. And so I said enough. Um, it, it's one thing to recognize the country is having difficulty. I believe that we need a second American revolution characterized by an army of people rising up yeah. who are well-educated and fearless, who know how to speak the truth in love and are doing it. And that's what I created the Courageous Life Motivational Planner for. That's the end objective. Well, that's a good word, Pastor, and I, I just hope that people buy it. 
because we just need a daily dose of this. It we get so much junk from that other side that's trying to hurt us and mm. hope, would wish that we would just go away. That we've got we to do. have this encouragement for truth. Mm-hmm. We do, and I think it's you know, Doctor Green, it's a long obedience in the same direction. Yes. It's, so let's talk about. Yeah. So, sorry to interrupt you, sir. What I wanted what? to talk about this majority myth that you wrote about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So tell me, go into a little depth and, and let us understand that. Sure. In my book, A Call for Courage, I talk about this research study that scientists at Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute did. They wanted to find out what's the percentage of the population that's needed in order to cause the majority of the people in a population to embrace a particular view. So what's the tipping point? What's the percentage of the population that's needed in order to get the entire population and mass to embrace an idea that previously they were, they would not embrace. Mm-hmm. And you would be amazed. You probably know the answer because you read the book, but yes. readers would, would be shocked. And that's the reason why I presented it because typically we think, well, we've got to have 60% of the population, you know, the majority or 51% of the population. Actually, it's nowhere near that. It's not 40% or 30% or 20%. It's actually 10% of the population. This scientific study showed that when a, pop- when a group of people crosses the 10% mark, when there's just over 10% of the people who believe whatever view it might be, and they are wholeheartedly sold out to that view, it's only a matter of time. It's inevitable that the rest of the population will embrace that view, that the, the idea yeah. will spread like wildfire. And mm-hmm. 10% and lower, the, the idea will not spread, no matter how passionate the people are. But once you reach that critical mass point of over 10%, whatever the view might be, right. it's only a matter of time before the rest of the population embraces it and the idea spreads like wildfire. And we have seen that with the radical left agenda in our country sweeping the nation. And my challenge to people listening right now, my challenge in the book and right now is to think about this. We have far more than 10% of the people in this country who believe that the Bible is God's word, who believe in historic Judeo-Christian values. The problem is we have allowed ourselves to be intimidated to think that we cannot change the culture. That's an absolute lie. We have enough people who believe the truth we need to be released to recognize that all we need to do is stand up and speak it and live it. That's how we change society. And God did that with yes. the apostles, change the world. Yeah. And we need that same type of a radical, biblical commitment today, regardless of the numbers. And we will see society change. Uh, it's just good word. I and mean, that analogy is that really clears it up. I think it's going to help a lot of people. It's a great thought. So I've got to bust so, yeah. you because... You know, pastors and politics just doesn't match, right? How often do you hear that, Pastor? I hear it all the time. Separation sure. of church and state. You know, how do you how do you handle it? Because we've been separated too long. That's the problem. We have. I don't believe in separation of church and state. I believe in saturation of church and state in Preach. regard to. I'm not talking about uh, an official government endorsed religion. I'm talking about Jesus Christ. And the idea of him saying, you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world. Those are permeating, saturating analogies that Jesus used. Mm-hmm. We pastors and Christian leaders are some of the biggest culprits in undermining ourselves. We are some of the biggest culprits of the separation of church and state. 
we don't need the government to tell us that. We do it ourselves because, unfortunately, and I say this respectfully as a pastor, fairly large church here in Pennsylvania. Yes. Um, we want people to follow Jesus, but we, we detach ourselves from the process and remove ourselves. We are some of the biggest culprits of actually loving money more than God. You know, Jesus said you can't serve both mammon and God. Right. You'll love one and hate the other. But at the end of the day, I'm not so sure that many of us have sold out because we're afraid of the offering going down. We're afraid of losing our people. Mm -hmm. And so what we're actually doing is compromising on the truths that our people need to hear. We're not speaking to the issues of the day, not because it would mean that we're being faithful to Jesus by not speaking on them, but it's because we're really afraid of the almighty dollar and losing our dollars. So isn't it ironic that in the church where we cannot serve both God and money, and we talk about Jesus all the time, at the end of the day, many of us have sold out instead of being sold out for Jesus. And it, it's a very serious sin. We are the ones who are responsible in many instances of the separation of church and state, when we should be interested in the saturation of Jesus into every part of culture. Because really, when you think about it, all legislation is an attempt to impose somebody's morals onto everyone. It's just a matter of whose morals and where those morals come from. And we believe that they come from the Bible. And therefore, the truth sets people free. It doesn't put people into bondage. Mm -hmm. But we need to declare the truth, the full counsel of what the Bible teaches, encourage people. And that's what sets people free. Well, it can't be said any better than that. I'm just so worn out with the watered-down messages just to to save a few parishioners to make sure we keep people in the pews. Mm-hmm. Or in the uncomfortable it, chairs. Yeah, and you it's know, not working. That's what these no. millennials leave churches in droves. They I'll they recognize it. Millennials are going to churches where they're preaching it. Right. They're they're finding the place near them that they can find someone that'll just tell it like it is. That's what I'm seeing. They yeah. just want and the Gen Z, the twenty somethings, they're on fire. Yes. But they've got to be yep. in a legitimate place that's preaching it. It's so true. It's, we're seeing that in our church. We had three girls from a local community college, three 18-year-old girls come, and they say, we come because we love that Pastor Mike is preaching the Bible. The Bible is the most relevant book in all of history. It's, and they it's, know it. It speaks to every possible issue of the day. And so the most loving thing that we can do for people is tell them the truth when we know it is, mm. when, we, when we know what the truth is. The most hateful thing is to withhold the truth when you, when you know what it is. So when we're told by the, the far left, that we're haters by teaching the truth. Actually, they're the ones who are the haters because they want to suppress the truth. Mm-hmm. If the truth sets people free, the most loving thing you can do is tell people the truth so that they're free. Otherwise, yes. you, actually, you actually hate them. If you're, going to, if you're going to allow people to remain in bondage, it's terrible. And so the, the younger generation, the millennials and the screeners, I think after them are going to teach us even more, they're reminding us that, there is a God-shaped void in every single one of us that only God can fill. And the truth, communicated with love and the power of the Holy Spirit, is absolutely what this nation needs. It's what every individual craves, because our architect is God, and that's how we're wired. Well, one of the things I know about you is you've, you have some authority to speak on this, because you've had a, a rough life. You've been through a lot of, yeah. 
life scares. And I, and I think it'd be a disservice to our listeners to not talk about that some. Tell us about what you've survived through life for people to understand your point of view. Well, um, I went through an estrangement with my father for 13 years. I don't think either of us, I know I didn't know if he was alive. I'm sure he wondered if I was alive. He had threatened to kill me at one point, and uh, we had an amazing reconciliation. I actually got to lead him to Christ nine days before he died. And um, I also nearly died on four occasions. I'm a cancer survivor. I'm in my 10th year cancer-free. had a softball-sized tumor in my chest. Uh, Car accident nearly killed me. A blood infection nearly killed me. So I feel like I'm on borrowed time, which is really true for everybody listening. We do not know how much time we have. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm going to try to do all that I can to be on fire for God today because I have no promise of tomorrow. And uh, that's really, I think, should be everybody's perspective. I just happen to have had a reminders of that, you know. Mm -hmm. Didn't you also survive some kidnapping attempts and people were kind of mean to you? Yeah, (laughs) I did. Um, I was, uh, there were two kidnapping attempts when I was about four years old. And then the third alleged attempt, they caught the man behind our house carrying a big sack that I would have been able to fit in easily. Hmm. And uh, I identified him and the police took him away. So, uh, yeah, I was uh, almost taken away. I actually visited the site last year after uh, quite a few years since I was four years old and just reflected on what my life could have been had the abduction attempts been successful. So tell us about your most courageous moment in your own life relative to some of these things, particularly overcoming cancer has got to be up there. But where did courage help you the most in your life? Well, you know, I think, Dr. Green, the only reason why courage is a fascination with me is because I'm so much of a natural coward. (laughs) Me too. The only reason why I'm interested in courage is because I know how much I need it in order Mm -hmm. to stand up and speak out. And I have found that I can't change myself as much as God can when I surrender to him. I think my objective and uh, what each of us is responsible for is to be a living sacrifice from when we are then we're filled with the Holy Spirit, which is to be filled with the spirit of courage, the spirit of Jesus. And when I get out of the way and God becomes my way, I say things I otherwise would not say. I Mm -hmm. do things I otherwise would not do. Mm -hmm. I become what I otherwise would not become. And so that's the only reason why courage has been a fascination with my life, looking at the life of Jesus, take my yoke upon you, learn from me, I'm humble, I'm lowly in heart. And yet Jesus, nobody could call him a coward. Uh, the apostles oh. fooled ordinary men, and yet the world recognized they had been with Jesus. Yep. So that's my encouragement to all the listeners. It, it's available to anybody and everybody. If you are sick and tired of being cowardly, if you're somebody who cowers and is afraid of standing up and speaking out, you wish you could articulate things better, uh, it's it's a continuous quality improvement process being a disciple, and there's hope for you. You can develop your yes. courage. That's why I call for courage, and God can transform you. I see a lot of Peter moments in my friends in their lives. I'm not mm-hmm. judging him. I just observe the many different ways that we deny, and I think it's mm-hmm. lack of courage. They just won't make a stand for, for what we believe. They'll stand for it in a small group or in their church, but get mm-hmm. them out into, a, say, a golf community or a, a, some recreational league watching their kids play ball. 
You won't see mm-hmm. him. You won't see that courage that we preach. So true. You know, I, I was at the um, gathering of about a thousand evangelicals in New York City. Remember when then candidate Donald Trump was running for office? Mm-hmm. There was a gathering of about a thousand evangelicals in New York to meet with him, and I was somehow invited to that. And the first question by a prominent evangelical leader to then candidate Trump was, "What do you believe about?" separation of church and state, and what are you going to do in regard to the First Amendment? And Trump schooled the whole audience there. He said, you know, I see you every Sunday, not necessarily that, that speaker, but he said, in this room, there are dozens of well-known, amazing communicators. I see you on television, and you're amazing communicators. You communicate far better than I ever could. And you stand up, and you have a platform, and yet you don't speak about the issues. You don't speak about the very things that you want the government to protect. And there was a hush in the room, and then we were off to the second question, and it was like it went right over everyone's heads. Uh-huh. But, Swept but it's that so away. True. It, it, it's just so true. You know, yeah. it's just so true that it's up to us. We've been given the words of life, and the truth still sets people free, so stop apologizing for it. it is time, it's time for a second American revolution where people stand up and speak out for the truth with love, Sometimes yes, no I, I believe we haven't, we haven't, uh, we've loved the truth sometimes more than the people who need to hear the truth. Mm. And yes. we need to speak the truth with love. There is the matter of eternity here, you know. That, yeah. That's, that's the issue. Yep. So before I let mm. you go, I want to ask you what you see for the year ahead. We're in a, you know, well along our way here in 2019. What are you hearing from mm-hmm. God? What are you seeing in your church? What What's happening in this relationship that you're working in now? What, what do you think is happening? Well, I don't think it's a coincidence that socialism has become sexy in our society right now, especially among the young people. And that, I think mm-hmm. that's only a reflection of the, the aching, the longing deep inside for authentic community. And we live such isolated lives with all the gadgetry. We still, we're, we're lacking community. So again, that God-shaped void has wired us for relationships. And why is socialism so sexy now? in a way that it wasn't 10 years ago. I think it's because we're trying to replace God with all of the benefits that are provided courtesy of the kingdom of God without the king. We want the kingdom without the king. Yes, so so true. Yeah, I I think so, Dr. Gein. And this year what I see is more nonsense replacing common sense and the absolute incredible need. I am pleading with your listener audience you have got to get your walk with God together. Let him get your walk together so that you are standing up and speaking out, living truth with love in your workplace, in your family, in your neighborhood, because you are perhaps the only representation of the living and true God that people are going to see. They're not going to get it in an organized religion necessarily. They're not going to get it on television. You need to represent Jesus Christ well. Stop waiting for the rapture to give us a divine bailout. Leave the results to God. What I see happening this year, I know what God is challenging me to do, is to, is to uh, proclaim this message, the wake-up call for the body of Christ to arise from being the sleeping giant and to be the salt and light that it needs to be. And if that happens, I think there's tremendous hope for our nation, tremendous hope for our nation Amen. to turn things around and not, not to go back to where we were, but I think to go into new territory that's yeah. good where we never were. Yeah. That's so powerful, Pastor. I really appreciate your thoughts. 
Uh, before I let you go, how do we find your planner, your book? Uh, I know your website. Sure. Why don't you tell us how to connect with you? Sure. The book, A Call for Courage, you can get on Amazon, any place that books are sold. It's uh, My name's Michael Anthony. The book is A Call for Courage. The Courageous Life Motivational Planner, you can get that and connect with me at couragematters.com. That's our website, couragematters.com. Mm-hmm. Or you can download the free Courage Matters app. And that's in you know the App Store or Google Play, the Courage Matters app. And we'd love to hear from your listener audience. I always enjoy getting feedback from people. Good. Well, I'm going to download the app as soon as I get back to the office, as soon as we're out of the studio. <laughs> and, well, uh, I hope you enjoy it. And they can also reach me on social media. Social media is at Courage Matters. Every place on social media, at Courage Matters. At Courage Matters, all over social media. Yep. Well, our guest has been Michael Anthony. You've heard him. Uh, I hope he challenged you today. I hope he made you a little bit uncomfortable. And I hope across America, as you're listening, that you said a whole lot of amens. Like, preach it, brother, because we need to hear this message. The book is A Call for Courage, and our guest, Michael Anthony. Pastor, God bless you, and keep writing and, and keep preaching. Dr. Green, it's a real privilege to be with you, and I love what you're doing. Keep looking up, okay? It's, you're doing yes, great sir. work. God Thank bless you Thank you very everybody. much. You've been listening to the Green Lines podcast. I'm Steve Green on the Charisma Podcast Network. God bless you all. You've heard of weather freeze warnings, but I bet you've never heard of a tuition freeze warning. Liberty University has issued a tuition freeze to bring affordability back to private education. And Liberty isn't just freezing tuition and room and board. It's also offering innovative financial solutions to help you get the education you want without the extra financial burden you don't. Text tuition to 839-858 to take advantage of a freeze on your tuition costs. Thank you for listening to the Green Lines podcast. If you would like a copy of Dr. Green's book, Love Leads, visit loveleadsbook.com. To contact Dr. Green, email greenlines at charismamedia.com. Thank you.